and an encouragement for us to be active in your kingdom. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're like me, you like happy endings. Uh, growing up as a kid in Nebraska, I can remember going to the Rivoli Theater on Saturday mornings. They used to always have these cowboy shoot 'em ups. And, uh, you know, you go see the old Roy Rogers or the Johnny Mac Brown or Tex Ritter or whatever it was back in the day. And we all liked it in the end when the good guys won and the bad guys lost and, and uh, the young man always wins the hand of the beautiful young girl. They, I, I, everybody loves a happy ending. Uh, I love to see Nebraska win at the end last night. It was a happy ending for me. It also reminded me of some famous words by a guy named Hannibal Smith. Anybody know who he is? He was the leader of the A-Team. Remember the A-Team on television? At the end of every successful mission, he would always say the same thing. I love it when a plan comes together. I love it when a plan comes together. And thus far, over six weeks, the plan seems to have come together quite well. God calls Jonah. Jonah runs away. God sends a storm. Jonah goes to sleep. Sailors throw Jonah overboard. The storm ends. The sailors worship God. God sends a big fish that swallows Jonah. Jonah spends three days, three nights in the belly of the great fish, but eventually Jonah goes to Nineveh. He preaches that very cranky eight-word sermon that we looked at and talked about last week. And the whole city repents, and God relents. It is the greatest revival in all of history. You'd think Jonah would be as happy as a clam at high tide. But no. You hear what Matt read? But Jonah was greatly distressed and became angry. Now, I was struck by the way this is translated. I don't know if I put this on, the, on, your, on your notes or on the screen, but in the New Living Translation, it translates verse 1 this way. This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. Now, I, I guess you didn't mark that because if the change of plans is key to chapter 4 in Jonah. Now, what change of plans is he actually talking about? Well, it's the fact that God is no longer going to destroy Nineveh. Now, if you've been here for all of these messages in this series, you know that Jonah's attitude has really stunk from the get-go. Uh, I'm fine, Lord, as long as, you, as long as you send them all to hell. That was his attitude. And the fact that God is now going to show mercy was a great evil, if you will, to Jonah. That's the literal translation of that little word where it says greatly displeased. In the Hebrew, it really means it's a great evil. When God shows grace, Jonah thought that was a great evil. Now, at last, we understand why Jonah was so reluctant to go to Nineveh. Verse 2 again. I know that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. I mean, what Jonah is really saying is, see, I knew you'd do it. Didn't want to go because I knew you'd change your mind. Now, here's the entire irony of this story for me. Jonah was fine with mercy whenever he received it, but he couldn't handle it when God showed mercy to somebody he hated. One commentator that I read and put in this message series together wrote this. You can tell when you've made God in your own image 
when it turns out that he hates the same people that you hate. Ooh. You've made God in your own image when God hates the same people you do. And so what does Jonah say to this great revival? I wish I was dead. I mean, talk about a mean, miserable, rotten, no good, lousy, stinking attitude. And this was God's man. I mean, in the belly of the fish, what was he saying? Oh, Lord, let me live. And now, after the greatest triumph of his life, oh, Lord, let me die. You know, we can read this book, and I don't know how many times I've read Jonah in the last number of weeks. We ask the question, God, what are you going to do about Nineveh? But you know, the real question in the end of all of this is, God, what are you going to do about Jonah? The answer is, God always knows how to deal with wicked sinners. Treats them all the same way. He saves them. That's what, that's what God's intended, to save the wicked sinners. But what is God going to do with a whole bunch of smug, arrogant, anger-filled church members? Like you. And me. That's a, that's a bigger problem. This is why I said six weeks ago, there's a little Jonah in all of us and a whole lot of Jonah in most of us. So Jonah leaves the city. He has gone and preached his eight-word cantankerous law-filled message. He walks out east of the city. He's hoping that God will rain down hellfire and brimstone. And when this happens, he's got himself perched up there so he has got the bird's eye view to see all of this. But God, we know, had other plans. And three things happen. Boom, 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 run right after the other. Verse 6, God provides a plant, a vine. Verse 7, God provides a worm. Verse 8, God provides a scorching east wind. Now, the vine was good because it was hot out there. The vine gave him some shade. The worm was bad, at least in Jonah's eyes, because it chewed up the vine. Uh, the east wind was bad, also in Jonah's eyes, because it caused him to probably sit there and sweat. Yet, all of those things, vine, bug, wind, all come from God. The same God who provides the vine sends the worm, sends the scorching wind. And the real question kind of boils down to this. Will Jonah be happy with God only when God makes him happy? Good question for all of us. Are we only going to be happy when God makes us happy? I mean, what are we going to do when God does not live up to our expectations? Well, this little drama raises a question here that doesn't, it's really kind of hard to answer. And the question is this, does Jonah ever really repent? Does Jonah ever really repent? Well, the first time God calls in Jonah chapter 1, what does Jonah do? Boards a cruise ship to Tarshish. The second time God calls him in Jonah chapter 3, he obeys and goes to Nineveh. And so did Jonah ever repent? I guess the answer is uh, maybe yes, if we stop reading at the end of chapter 3. But if we continue to the end of chapter 4, the answer is maybe no. Or could the answer possibly be yes and no? God never said, go and have a great attitude. You notice that? Never said, go and have a great attitude. He just said, go and preach 
to Nineveh. Now, when I thought about that, I thought to myself, that leads me to a rather frightening conclusion. Here's my frightening conclusion. It is perfectly possible to obey God with a rotten attitude. It's perfectly possible to obey God with a rotten attitude. I mean, at no point does God or does Jonah ever seem willing to obey God out of joy. He never seems to be willing to obey God out of his compassion for the lost people. Even in the belly of that great fish, it's almost as if God has got him backed into a corner and he has no other choice but to do what God asks him to do. Now, as I pondered this conclusion, I thought to myself, could that really be true, that it's perfectly possible to obey God with a rotten attitude? I thought back to some other words in the New Testament. It's in the book of Philippians. And in Philippians chapter 1, Paul says that there are some who preach Christ out of selfish ambition and false motives. Now, whatever that verse means, we know that that kind of preaching is not good. I mean, if you're preaching out of self, uh, you know, self-ambition and false motives, that's not a good thing to do. But it didn't seem to really bother Paul. Paul was just happy that the gospel was being preached. Now, I'm going to conclude that it's possible. You guys have been.